Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hello, welcome to episode 33 of the Money Love Podcast. For this week, we are going to be talking about a concept called spending fuel. After this past week in Texas, I decided to once again call an audible on what we're going to be talking about this week on the podcast. I love talking about concepts and principles that are relevant for me right now in my life because I know that if they're relevant for me, then they're probably very relevant for a lot of you. And after this past week and everything that happened in Texas, which I'll be talking about in this episode, I thought I need to do a episode all about spending fuel because this past week was such a stark reminder to me about how I really need to have my mindset right around spending fuel. So if you are like, what the heck is spending fuel? Do not worry. It's just a term for what I call this. And by the end of the episode, you'll understand what it is. But let me just start off explaining what has happened in the state of Texas this past week. Unless you've been living under a rock, whether you live in Texas or not, this past week in Texas was an eventful one. There was a historic weather pattern or system that came through, and essentially the entire state was blanketed with cold. My husband and I have lived in Houston for three years. And I can say that in the three years that we've lived in Houston, there has never once been snow here in Houston. So getting snow in Houston is an event that probably happens a handful of times every single decade. And let me just say this, okay? I know that some of you guys who live up north, probably when this first started happening, were rolling your eyes and being like, okay, you guys are such babies. It's not that cold. And listen, I understand, okay? I lived in Michigan for five years. So my husband is from Michigan. I moved up there with him. I have endured the Michigan winters and Michigan cold, okay? I know what it is to shovel a driveway. I know what it is to scrape ice off your car. I know what it is to take the trash out at five in the morning and literally have your hair freeze because it's so cold outside. So I know the cold, and I know that the cold and the weather that we got down here in Texas really even so doesn't compare to what some of you guys have to deal with up in the north. But the problem was is just that down here in the south, our infrastructure cannot handle cold like this. All of our infrastructure down here in the south is designed to keep heat out. So 90% of the year, we are concerned with keeping ourselves cool, (laughs) okay? We are just trying not to sweat through our clothes 90% of the year. So all of our houses, all of our infrastructure is designed to keep heat out, not to keep it in. Also this past week, I learned a lot that I never knew about the energy grid in Texas. I had no idea. I am a Texan. I've pretty much lived in Texas my whole life. I had no idea that we basically have our own energy grid. There's one for the eastern part of the U.S. There's one for the western part of the U.S. And then there's Texas. And we are all on our own. So essentially, the entire state was under this winter warning. And I mean, if you've read the news, I don't have to go into the details of it. But essentially, there was kind of like an energy crisis here in Texas this past week. And millions of people in the state lost power. Water got shut down. And we were included in that. So my husband and I, I feel like we were very, very lucky. So 
we lost power for about 30 hours. So we lost power at 6 p.m. one night and it came on around like 2 a.m. like the next morning. So we went through like a full day with no power, no heat. And I'll say this, our house got pretty cold. Downstairs in our thermostat, which is in the center of our home, was reading in the low 50s. But when we went up to bed that night, our bedroom is on the back of our house and it's towards the edge of our house. It's not, you know, insulated in the center of our home. I mean, it had to have been like in the 40s in our bedroom (laughs) when we went to bed after pretty much a full 24 hours of not having power and heat. I mean, it was freezing. And I was mostly scared for our poor dogs because Ellie. Poor girl. She was just shivering. We were literally just having to keep her warm with our body heat. Anyways, the power came on. But just in that one day that we had to spend without power and realizing all of the stuff in my life that requires power to work, you don't even realize it, right? Like being able to make coffee in your coffee maker, being able to turn on your TV and turn on your computer, your Amazon Alexa, just like All of the stuff in your house that requires power, it's really jarring when you have to go for a long period of time without any power and without all the stuff that you're used to. So again, I consider ourselves to be very lucky because although we had to go without power for about 30 hours, there were other people in the state of Texas who literally had to go three or four days without any source of power. We also had to go without running water for about three days. And then even once the water came back on, we were under a boil advisory, so we really couldn't cook with it or drink with it. We had to boil everything. So everything is back to normal. But with this situation happening, it really just reminded me how incredibly lucky every single one of us is to have a roof over our head, to have food to eat, to have lights, to have internet, to have heat and air conditioning, and electricity. And it really got me thinking about this concept of spending fuel. And even after that 30 days of having power, and after the couple days of not having water, I, as dramatic, truly as it sounds, I feel like I really have come out of that experience having a whole new perspective. And it was a great reminder to myself how much I just take for granted all of the things that I have in my life that just fuels my life and it just keeps it moving forward. And this is the concept of spending fuel. Here's what spending fuel is. Spending fuel is spending money on the things that fuel your life forward. It's spending your money on things that keep you fed, that keep you warm or that keep you cool, that keep the lights on, that keep a roof over your head, that keep you protected, and that keep you healthy, right? They are just your consistent expenses that happen every single month that I know for me at least, and I know maybe for a lot of you, we don't really pay much attention to. These are the things that get auto-drafted out of our checking account every single month that we just pay them. We just pay them and we move on. We pay our electric bill. We move on. We pay our water bill. We pay our cell phone bill. We pay our insurance and we just move on. And we do that every single month without really a lot of thought of what actually spending that money is getting us. I want to rewind a little bit and I want to just remind you, just do a quick spending money rundown of where that goes in our model. So if you're new here, 
The model is the tool that I use in my life coaching practice. It tells us that there are the black and white circumstances of the world. We have thoughts and beliefs about those circumstances. Our thoughts and beliefs are what create our feelings. Our feelings drive our actions or inactions. And then our results are a accumulation of all of those actions over a period of time. So it really is this chain of events between things happening in the world and then the results that we're able to create through our thoughts, feelings, and actions. Now, when we look at spending money, spending money in our model is an action. It goes in the A line. It's something that we do. So when we're looking at spending money, it's really helpful to look at what precedes the spending of the money, which is an emotion, a feeling, and a thought. So we have certain thoughts, we have certain beliefs that causes us to feel a certain way, and then those emotions are what drives us to spend that money. Or us seeking a feeling or emotion is what drives us to spend that money. So a lot of us are spending money on rent or a mortgage because we have an emotional desire to feel safe. We have an emotional desire for shelter, to feel protected and secured. So we spend money on a mortgage. A lot of us have an emotional desire to not be freezing all of the time or to not be sweating through our clothes all of the time. We have a desire to be comfortable. So because of that, we pay an electric company or a gas company to heat our homes or to cool our homes. We have an emotional desire for connectedness. We want to be able to talk to the people in our lives that we love, to talk to our friends and our families. And so because of that, we pay for a cell phone. We pay for a telephone, a cell phone that allows us to have that human connection in our life. We have an emotional desire for cleanliness, not only in our house. We want our house to be clean. We want our clothes to be clean. We want our bodies to be clean and to feel good. We want physical hygiene. So we pay for water. We pay to have water in our houses and in our lives. This is what spending fuel is. It is spending money, like I said, on the things that just fuel your life, that 90% of the time you aren't even giving any conscious thought to because they are just happening month after month after month. And after a while, they just become very mundane and very ordinary, and we really don't give any thought to it. But here is the most important thing about spending money. I always like to tell my clients, I care less about how much money you're actually spending. What I care more about is how you feel when you spend your money. Because how you feel when you spend your money will determine the result that ultimately you're able to create with the spending of the money. It's the feeling and the emotion that is the most important part. So here's what I want to ask you. Are you paying attention to your spending fuel? If I were to sit you down right now and I were to ask you, hey, tell me all the things that you spend money on every single month, could you tell me what those things are? I mean, I think a lot of us could, right? There's ones that are very obvious that apply to a lot of us, right? Rent or a mortgage. We have groceries so that we can be fed. We have the money that we just spend on basic clothing so that we can be clothed. We spend money on electricity and on gas and on internet and on cable and on our cell phone bills. So knowing what your spending fuel is, but then I want to ask you, how do you feel? 
about that money that you're spending? Do you even feel anything at all? I think that for most of us, if I was to ask you, hey, how does it feel to you every single month when you have to pay your rent? Or how does it feel every single month to you when you have to pay your water bill or your electric bill? I think that most people would probably say that they feel pretty apathetic. Like you're not like super excited every month to pay your water bill, right? And again, it's because your spending fuel is things that you're spending money on month after month after month. And when it comes to spending money, part of the reason that we love spending money so much is because we love spending money on things that provide us a novelty, that provide us entertainment, that provide us a dopamine hit. I've talked to you guys about this before, but a lot of people use spending money as a form of entertainment, as a reason to give their brains a dopamine hit, just how they would use drinking alcohol or eating sugar or going on social media for a dopamine hit. Spending money is the same way. But with your spending fuel, it's different because you don't get a dopamine hit from your spending fuel, right? You don't probably get a dopamine hit when you pay your water bill every month. You don't get a dopamine hit when your electric bill or your life insurance policy or your car insurance comes through every month because it's just become so routine and mundane. So that is the feeling, this apathy, this just indifference. That is the feeling that is driving a lot of the spending that you are doing on the things that simply fuel your life forward. Now, Also, in addition to that, I talk to a lot of people who are even past the point of apathetic, but they are resentful about it. I've talked to a lot of people who resent the money that they have to spend on their cell phone bill every single month or on their insurance or even on their rent. There's just this notion of, oh, this is such a drag. I don't want to have to spend this money. Like, it's such a bummer that I have to pay my electric bill. It's such a pain that I have to pay my cell phone bill. And I want you to think about that in terms of the model. When it's a feeling of resentfulness or bitterness that is driving the spending that you are doing in your everyday life. I feel that this spectrum of apathy to just kind of being like, eh, it is what it is, don't really care, kind of indifference to resentfulness and bitterness, I would say is where 99% of people fall when it comes to spending fuel. But what I want to offer to you in this episode, what if instead of our spending fuel, where we go into every month, where we're just mindlessly spending this money every month, what if for the next month, and we're about to go into a new month here in March, so what if in March, all of us, every single one of us listening to this podcast went into March, and every time we had the honor and the privilege of getting to spend money on our rent so that we have a roof over our head, we celebrated that. What if instead going into this next month in March, every single time that we had to spend money on the things that have really just become ordinary and become mundane, that we really found the magic and we really found the extraordinary in the ordinary. This past week has really taught me like it is so incredible that I can walk into my house and with the flip of a switch, I can have electricity. It is so amazing that I can sit down at my desk every single day and turn on my computer and that computer can get on the internet and I essentially have the world at my fingertips on my computer. 
It's amazing that I have a heat pad that I can plug in and I can use it to warm myself up, warm my body up. It is amazing that I can simply just go into my bathroom and turn a handle and water comes out of the wall so that I can bathe myself and I can be clean and I can wash my hair and I can smell good. It is amazing that I have a refrigerator and a freezer that keeps food cold and it keeps it from spoiling. It is amazing that I'm able to pay for insurance every single month that is going to protect my car that is going to protect my house, that is going to protect my life. Some of you, especially in Texas after this week, might be especially thankful for that if any of you guys had any damage to your home. A lot of people are in positions right now where they had busted pipes in their home, so there was damage to their home and flood damage. If that is you, think about this. Think about how you've probably felt paying that home insurance every single month. Every single month, you're probably like, eh, okay, yep, here you go, here you go, here you go. And it's not actually until we're presented with an opportunity where we are reminded of why we're spending that money, where we are reminded of the good that it adds to your life. This is just what happens. We just get sucked into the ordinary, mundane, everyday. Our lives just get put on autopilot. We just do the same thing day in, day out. We've walked into our homes a hundred times and been able to turn on the lights, hundreds of times, really. And so it just becomes so ordinary to us. And you don't realize how extraordinary it is until you can't do it anymore. You don't realize how amazing it is to have heat in your home until you're standing in your home and it's 45 degrees inside your house. So here's what I did, and I encourage you to do this this week. I want you to first and foremost sit down and just look at your budget. And I know for me, When I look at my budget, I'm mostly drawn to the exciting stuff. So I'm mostly drawn to like, ooh, what do I have to spend in fun money? And what do I have to spend in entertainment and dining out? I don't really ever spend a lot of time looking at, you know, my mortgage, my electric bill, my water bill, because I have them budgeted and the money just comes out every month. And then I'm just like, okay, well, you know, it's paid on to the next month. But what I did is I started going through my budget. And I started looking at every single line item in my budget, and I went through it, and I looked through every single thing, and I just thought, it is extraordinary that, first of all, I am in a position where I even have these things, where I am in a position where I have a roof over my head, and I have the privilege, and I even have the opportunity to be able to spend money on these things. To be in a part of the world where I have access to these services, because the truth is there are still millions of people in this world who don't even have access to basic things like shelter and clean water and heat and air conditioning. So going through and reminding myself how extraordinary and how lucky I am to be in a position where I have access to these services, and then also reminding myself how blessed I am to have the money to be able to pay for these things. And when I looked at it from that perspective, it made me so excited to go into this next month and be able to spend money on these things. So what I did is I sat down and I wrote out a couple things and I'm going to read them to you. But this was such a great practice for me because again, it really pulled me out of this indifferent and this apathetic place that I had really been in with spending my money on my spending fuel, right? The spending that I'm doing every single month. So here's what I wrote. I wrote, I love paying for my mortgage 
and having shelter. I love paying my gas and electric bill so that I can have lights and have power to turn things on in my house and I can have heat to keep me warm and I can have air conditioning to keep me cool. I love having a cell phone that I can use to talk to my friends and family and connect with others on social media. I love having power in my house to turn on my computer. And I love paying for my internet so that I have the world at my fingertips. I love paying my water bill so that I can wash my dishes and I can wash my clothes and I can wash my body and my hair and I can keep myself and my environment clean. I love having a car that gets me from place to place. And I love being able to spend money to put gas in my car so that I'm able to get from place to place. I love paying for groceries so that I can feed myself and I can keep my body healthy and strong. These are just some of the statements that I wrote down after going through my budget and being like, wow, every month I should be so happy and so excited to be able to pay for groceries, to pay for my electric bill, to pay for water, to pay for my rent, to pay for insurance, to keep myself and my family protected, to pay for my car and the gas that goes in it. Like when you really think about it, you guys, it truly is incredible. It's insane. My husband and I, we have really gotten into Downton Abbey. I know we're super late to the game on this one, but we have recently discovered Downton Abbey and I am hooked. Like it might be my new favorite show. And it cracks me up in some of the episodes because it's right around the time where electricity started getting put into homes. And it's funny because at first they don't really like appreciate the electricity. And I remember watching an episode and saying to my husband, like, I can't imagine living without electricity. And it's funny because I said that. And then this past week, everything happened. And we really did for, you know, only 30 hours, which is not a long time. But for a period of time, we had to live without electricity and we were literally cooking with candles. We were eating our dinner in the dark and like flashlights and candles everywhere because that's the only light that we had. And that experience, I was like, this is what it used to be like. This is what it used to be to live in a world where there was no electricity. And how lucky are we to be alive in 2021 and be in a world where A, there is electricity and B, where we are able to exchange our monetary resources for something that we find value in. That's all money is, you guys. Money is truly just a value for value exchange. We find value in money, and so we exchange our money for other things that we see value in. We want to spend money so that we have electricity. We want to spend money so that we have water and we have shelter and we have food to eat, and we have clothes to wear. Really, we want to be spending our money on those things, and we do. We make that value-for-value exchange. But again, it just loses its novelty when it's something that we do over and over and over. And when truly it's something that we feel like we have to do, like we're doing out of a sense of obligation, it really does lose its allure. And that is why it's so much more fun to go out and spend money on the novelty items, on the cute new top, on the new skincare routine, on the new hair tool, on the new piece of workout equipment, on whatever it is that kind of lights you up. It's the novelty that excites us about it, right? But what if we could find that same level of excitement and anticipation and appreciation for the things that we spend every single day just to keep our lives fueled and moving forward. 
I am going to make a conscious practice to do this going into March. Every single time, I mean, you guys know in YNAB, I track all of our spending. So every single transaction that comes out of our bank account, it's tracked in YNAB. And I start every single morning that I have in YNAB. I sit down before I start my day, I have my coffee. Before I pull up email, before I'm off to do anything else, I am in YNAB. And when I'm in YNAB, I'm categorizing transactions from the day before. And truthfully, I'll admit, I have really just gotten to this notion where I'm in and out. I'm like, okay, yep, confirm, confirm. If the mortgage goes through, I'm like, okay, great, it went through. If the water goes through, great, it went through. But for this next month, I'm really going to take some intentional time and slow down and just realize how extraordinary it is that I have the honor and the privilege of paying for water, of paying for power, of paying for shelter and clothing and electricity and all of the things that make my life and make most of our lives who are listening to this podcast so incredibly extraordinary. I know with money, our brains are wired to go to scarcity. Our brains are wired to go to lack and to always be focused on what we don't have and what's left to acquire. But what if we actually made it a deliberate practice to find magic in our ordinary life and to realize how lucky that we all are to be in positions to be able to spend money on these things that really add so much quality of life into our lives. It's funny because you don't even realize how how much quality of life it adds to have power to have electricity, to have warm or hot water, let alone running water. We don't even realize like how amazing it makes our life until it's taken away from us and we're like, wow, this really sucks. It really sucks not to be able to take a shower for four days. It's actually really terrible when it's below freezing outside and you don't have heat to warm your home. So I invite you moving into this next month to really pay attention to what your spending fuel is. Let's just pay attention to it. Let's be grateful for it. Going into March, every time that we get to spend money on something that is just ordinary, mundane, but yet fuels our life forward, instead of just being like, oh, yep, there we go. There's my cell phone bill coming out. Let's slow down and be like, how amazing is it that I have this cell phone that I can literally call someone on the other side of the world? I can communicate with anyone I want to. I can go on social media and connect with thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of different people in the world. Not everyone has that opportunity available to them. And so it's incredible that I'm able to exchange my monetary resources so that I can have this level of value in my life. Let's just do that with everything. Let's do it in March and let's just see how it truly changes the game with how we feel about spending our money. All right, that is what I have for you this week. I will tell you that normally I'm a lot more prepared for these podcasts. That was another thing last week is that the normal time that I record my podcast, I couldn't because we had no power. And then it was just getting back into the swing of things. And so normally I have a lot more time to prepare for a podcast episode and I kind of script out what I'm going to say. And I didn't do that for this episode. This was just more a little bit off the cuff, just kind of speaking from my heart. So I apologize that this episode was a little scattered and not as organized as it normally is. But this was something that I experienced this past week that I know a lot of my followers are in Texas just because that's where I'm from and it just kind of works out that way. So I know a lot of you probably went through and have your own experiences that you can apply to this. But even if you weren't in Texas and you didn't kind of go through this experience last year, I think this is all something 
that we can do moving forward into March. That is what I have for you this week. And if I can just ask a favor, if you have been loving the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would take two minutes just to leave a review on iTunes. Even if you're not an iTunes listener, maybe you listen on Spotify or Stitcher, if you can just hop over to iTunes if you are an Apple user and just leave a review, it really just helps other people find the podcast and find the work that we do here and just keeps things going strong. So if you have two minutes to do that, it would mean the world. Lastly, I want to just tell you what is coming up next week and the weeks following. So next week's episode is going to be an episode that I have been waiting to drop for weeks. We are going to be kind of embarking on a new topic, and we are going to be talking all about women and money. I know that this topic is really specifically what this podcast is about, but there's so many things when it comes to money and women that are very different. The beliefs that we have about money, how we feel about money, the actions that we take around money, and the results that we're able to create around money that are very unique to us women compared to our male counterparts. And it's fascinating when you look at the differences and the different belief systems and messaging that we are taught about money as women. And so next week's episode is going to be all about women and money. And then the following weeks, we're actually going to be talking about different things that I personally feel and I see in my students and in my coaching clients that I feel are really holding specifically women back from reaching their full financial potential. So we're going to be talking about things like comparison. We're going to be talking about things like taking calculated risks, indecision, unworthiness, all sorts of things that I feel are very prominent within women when it comes to money specifically that are holding women back from reaching our full financial potential. So that is what's to come next week on the podcast in the weeks following. I have been planning this out for months and I am so stoked that it's here and that those episodes are going to start dropping. So if you have not already, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you are notified every Tuesday when I drop a new episode. All right, you guys, I love you so much. Hope you all have a fantastic week. I will see you next Tuesday. I love you so much. Bye. Hey, girl. If you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in Overcoming Overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three-phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled, purposeful, and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. You have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.